0: Okay, look. We do not have any time for the intro because AEW decided that Double or Nothing should go on for about forty-five years. Hello, my name is cyber What culture? Everybody breathe. there's take a moment, and now we take the finger of power and we give the good bits an up and the bad bits down. I sound like a scalper, but when he's running down future AEW content for AEW Double or Nothing show, thingamajig, jig. My gosh. <laughs> Start with the buy-in and we're just gonna do it very quickly too because it was hookhausen versus tony niece and mark sterling and i'm just gonna level with you This is all I want from my wrestling life. Because it was fun, it made me happy, Hook got a hot tag, Dan Halston was cursing everybody, Tony Neese was scared of Hook, and Mark Sterling just gets it. So I am going to give it an up, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Right now, in my life, it is goofy wrestling (laughs) over the more serious stuff. Double or Nothing then started properly, and whose music hit? It was MJF. I love how there's never any kind of breaking news or major updates in the world of wrestling. And if you don't know, yes, around about 24 hours ago, apparently Maxwell, Jacob Friedman never showed up to a meet and greet and AEW officials tried to ring him. And now it seems like he's a little bit pissed off with something. I mean, there was rumours at one point that he was going to fly away from the pay-per-view. And when Tony Khan was asked about this during the press scrum, following the pay-per-view, he said, I'm not going to talk about it. So either we're being worked or we're not being worked. And that's as far as it needs to go, as ever. It's just two human beings at work. Let them sort it out. Let's just throw that over there for now, though. Because otherwise, this match was perfect. I mean, the fans were chanting he showed up, which did make me giggle. But when Wardlow came out to know music, he was just over like Rover. And I'm going to assume that the fact the dude who took his handcuffs off looked like Goldberg. It was a bit of a wink or a nod. So yeah, say what you want about either, guys, but it just ticked every single box. Like, MGF Bell to begin with and Wardlow kept going for power bombs. So at one point, Maxwell went and he bit him right in the head. And just when he was about to smack him with the diamond ring, Wardlow caught him. He gave him a power bomb. I think he may have had some kind of orgasm at that point too. He then gave him nine more and he finally pinned... This guy that's been making his life a living hell. So Retribution was here. And I don't mean that terrible group from Raw, because that would have ruined the entire pay-per-view. And afterwards, we've got the big graphic of the screen that finally Wardlow is all elite. So seriously, here's what we should do now. We should figure out on this day, on this date, in the future, that is when Wardlow becomes world champion. Because we have something here, and it's getting it up. MGF also got stretched out afterwards. Honestly, I almost died. They had the oxygen mask and they put it over his eyes and nose. I have no idea what that was. It was very, very strange. It was then time for the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. The Young Bucks were all like, oh man, we're Elvis or something like that. And look, was this as good as some of the stuff they had done back in Ring of Honor a few years ago? But was it still absolutely excellent? You bet your ass it was because the Young Bucks never had bad matches. And Matt and Jeff Hardy Come on now, day legend. We started off with Matt versus Matt and then we moved to Jeff versus Nick. So this was basically the battle of dudes that have four-letter names. And because Brandon Cutler was getting a little bit of a chant, at one point Nick Jackson got the ring and he gave him a bit of a push. The Hardys are in control here and at one point even took one Jackson and threw it into the other one. But as we know, the Bucks always have their super kick, so they used that on Jeff Hardy. They started to beat him up and every time Jeff tried to get back into it. Well, Brandon Cutler was on the outside. He was cast in distraction. The Young Bucks also tried their own version of the whisper in the Wind, but they missed. They're like, yeah, that's a pretty good impression of Jess because he never hit it. And this allowed him to get the hot tag too, Matt. But after he had done all his usual moves, I tell you, the tag claxon sounded, everybody was hitting everybody else, including poor Brandon Cutler. I mean, this guy, he always gets it. Big Jackson also did this dive to take out all of his enemies, but in the fracas, Matt Hardy hit the side effect on the apron so i made some calls i talked to some people i did some research and yes that's the hardest part of the reign it was in this awesome twist of fate reversal that somehow saw matt get knocked into jeff but jeff was still able to hit a neck breaker and then because jeff Hardy is intent on killing himself he got simba the steel steps he put matt jackson on top of them and he did the swanton bomb right into the steps I was like, what is this guy? Can somebody please have a word with Jeff Hardy? It was also a quick tease that maybe the Bucks would win usually the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but we went the other way instead because the Hardys brought out the twist of fate. They brought out a normal swan tom bomb. Maybe somewhat surprisingly, they beat the flipping young Bucks. It also seemed like at some point during this, Jeff may have banged his head a little bit because he was a bit wibbly wobbly so I hope he is okay. And look, this wasn't the greatest thing on the show, but I actually was very entertained by it. We then had this excellent video where Billy Gunn had discovered that the acclaimed of the gun club had gone out partying in Vegas and he was disappointed in his boys when he saw the Acclaim. and was like, oh man, they're so cute, so I'm glad we got them onto the show when it was time for Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Now, I think we all agree that this has kind of felt like AEW was just doing this match on Double or Nothing so we could have the TBS Championship on the pay-per-view, and while I do think that's important, didn't really have any story here and when it came to the act itself Well, it was just one of those that didn't really work. The thing is, however, is that I'm not 100% sure that the wrestling was meant to be the big takeaway here. Because when we got to the latter portion of this, it was like shenanigan city. Because the Baddies kept casting distraction, although eventually Anna Jay did go and punch them in the face, when Mark Sterling came out and he passed the crutch to Jade Cargill. Unfortunately, Anna Jay got it, and it looked like she was going to win the match, but she wasn't able to. In a minute. Okay, we're good to go. Then when it looked like she was going to be victorious, Stokely Hathaway, the former Falcon Biffins, just walked down. And clearly this was Anna Jay's worst nightmare because she just stopped in her tracks. She got hit with a jaded off the top rope. One, two, three, she lost. Now this continued because Chris Statlander walked out because she hates Red Velvet. And the wrestling match here was three versus two. So we needed another person, which is when some music started to play and eight seconds after we had one day, we had another because here was Athena the former Ember Moon. everybody was losing their minds as well as if Tony Khan had gone to reddit and said hey do you want to book one of these matches and I actually think these are two really smart hires because they will plug right into all elite wrestling however we do go through the whole thing when it comes to the match yes sure we took a swing and we got a miss and that just happens sometimes so it does have to get it down but for all the post-match madness well, I was having the time of my life, giving it up. And then my stomach did a backflip because it was the House of Black versus the Death Triangle, and I realised unless they have one of the best trios matches of all times, I am going to be disappointed. Now, that's on me. That is me casting out there my stupid expectation that these six. Smashfish. Pac also came out in a half Phoenix, half Penta mask, and also Pentagon's kid was with them, so it was like, man, there's just such wonderful good guys, and then the bell rung, this is just ridiculous. Phoenix and Malachi Black started off by kicking each other, then they stared, because that's what you do when you want wrestling to be serious, when Pentagon and Buddy Matthews are in there, and they just ran wild, however, then we tagged in Pack and Brody King... They didn't need to do anything because, of course, that visual is awesome. Brody used his strength at first, but that did not last long because instead, they all just got in the line. The tag claxon went, ha, ah, and they did every single move that has ever been created by the human race. I mean, there was a diving meteora, a poison rana, a running lariat, and then Brody King got boards and so he just slammed plaque with the black hole Sam. And all of that honestly lasted about eight seconds. Man Pat got beaten up for a bit, but come on now, that's not what this was about. So he got the tag to Phoenix. Phoenix just went, hey man, you wanna see some wrestling magic? And he did, the Pentagon was in there. They were doing simultaneous dives. Then we saw a three-way splash. Honestly, you gotta go watch it. There was so much happening. I cannot go through this move by move, but Malachi Black definitely did his smooth salt to the outside. This is where Brody King felt left out. So He was like, well, I'm gonna do a dive as well. And look, he got about 87.2%, but that last 12.8%, I tell you, I was having kids. It then looked like the House of Black had done it because they hit the Dante's Inferno, but my gosh, that was broken up at 2.999. And then Pat hit Buddy Matthews with a brain buster, and you guessed it, somebody broke it up at 2.999. We then got to destroy it on the apron, and thank goodness that shenanigans did come after that, because I'm not sure how they could have topped it. However, after Alex Abrahantes had got involved, all of a sudden, the lights went out. And this happened just when Pac was about to hit the black arrow, but when they came back on, who was still in the ring? It was none other than Satnam Singh. That's a joke, I couldn't help myself. But it was Julia Hart. She looked at Pac. She spat the back miss right into his face. Obviously, he could not then hit his maneuver. Instead, he got Black Mass right in the face. And Malachi pinned him for the one, two, three. Now, did this heart turn come too late? Absolutely, but better late than never. And this got a great reaction. And now there's no two ways about it. Julia Hart is part of the House of Black. And that's exactly what we should have done. This was terrific. But seriously, I'm not going to lie. This could have ended in any way, and I still would have liked it. Like, even if the Death Triangle's dad came down to the ring and was like, please win, my son, and the House of Black just laid down because they felt so bad, it still would have been good because it was just totally off the charts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host and then alan cole did indeed defeat samoa joe in the finals of the owen hart cup tournament now i know the way i've said that is a bit like simon that came out of nowhere but i won't lie to you while it was a very good match kind of felt like something we could have done and died away. And do not get me wrong, it was still really good and I still really enjoyed it. But as it was the finals of a long running competition, you know how we operate as humans, you just expect a little bit more. It was quite short, too, all things considered, but that's because AEW did have to get 92 matches on this card, and we'll talk about that in one second. <laughs> and once again, it ended in shenanigans. Because after Bobby Fish had finally managed to get his way out of the ocean, he swam his way down to the ring and he started causing a bother. I mean, he even attacked Samoa Joe's that Adam Cole had been going after and even though Samoa was able to try and choke Adam Cole out eventually he lowered the boom he smacked Samoa Joe right in the head and he won So all of it was fine, it was cool, yeah, it can have an up and also this was very smartly placed because what came after it? That's right, it was the final of the Women's Owen Hart Cup tournament Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker And we should have known what was going to happen here because can you imagine doing the coronation ceremony and Adam Cole being one side and Ruby Soho being the other? Now, of course you can't, because in real life, Adam Cole and Britt Baker are together. Now, I actually thought this was the better of the two matches as well, especially the last five minutes, when they were busting out curb stomps and lock jaws, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But that's right, it did indeed end with the most devastating move in all oh, the sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And as we talked about on Rampage, nearly every single one of the women's Owen Hart Cup tournament has ended with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. I do not see why Britt Baker couldn't have just taken a head and plowed it into the canvas and got the victory. And I know it was an homage to Owen Hart and Bret Hart and all of that, but that would have been even better if we had just kept it for the finals rather than do it constantly... So that part's going to get a down, but again, the match is very good, so that's getting up. However, I don't care about any of that, to be completely honest with you. Because when it did come to revealing the Owen Hart Cup trophy and all the trinkets, my word, this was the best thing on the show. In short, Martha Hart came out and she just said this really nice speech. She was clearly very emotional about all of this and just came across like an absolutely lovely individual. And she did give the belts to Adam Cole and Britt Baker, and they looked pleased too. And I know it's kind of weird because they're meant to be heels, but if there are some things in life more important than stupid wrestling stuff. This was one of them, and Martha Hart even found a way to have some fun with this hat she was wearing. I will wear a hat next year, Martha Hart. All of this is getting it up. Make sure you see it. And so this part of the show, that I need to do two things. Now, one, we're going to throw another up in there, because there was just so many damn signs. My words, you've made my day. You're lovely people. But we are also going to give it a down. Now, obviously, I should leave this down till the end of ups and downs. I've decided to do it here, because I'm a bit of a renegade. Double or nothing... Just too long. Now I get it, what kind of asshole I am. Oh, how dare you give me loads of wrestling that I really enjoyed. But it was around about this juncture when I thought I could do with a little bit of a rest, go get some Cheetos and maybe lay down for a while. And you never want to think that during a premium live event, (laughs) WWE loving it. You just want to feel jazzed. And I think that probably would have been the case we had just got rid of some of the matches. One of which could indeed be what came back as American Top Team were taking on Sammy Guevara, Ty Conte and Frankie Kazarian. Now, the reason I actually thought that it did merit it is because it had the big question of how is Paige Van Zandt going to do in her first ever wrestling match? And the answer was really good. And also don't forget, she could kick your ass. You've really got to go out of your way to see the entrance of Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte too because not only did they come up in the Cody Vader. They were dressed like demons or something. I mean, they're really buying into this bad guy stuff. And they kissed for about 72 years. I don't need it. I do want to point out that when Sammy Guevara and Ethan Page were going at it, Ethan Page is so damn good. Like, he didn't even do much of anything. I mean, he was basically doing classic wrestler, I'm going to yell at you. But he just comes across so well. So at some point, can we please write in plans for him? Thank you. Frankie and Guevara could not coexist at all, so we've got some sports entertainment here, so Scorpio Sky got in and started laying in some shots. But do you know how Guevara was able to get back into it? Because Ty Conte, as soon as she could, raped the back of Scorpio Sky. And much like the double axe handle, we need more back rakes. We then started to tease what Van Zandt was going to do, so let's just zoom forward to that, and seriously, she did a great job. I know I've said this once, but I'll say it twice. Professional wrestling is really hard, and when you have your first match, that's even more difficult. She did it in front of 15,000 people. and It didn't even look like it, her. Huh? Because she did this handspring elbow, she did a tilt a DDT. She dragged Ticante and threw her into Sammy Guevara's penis. Because why wouldn't you do that? I it seems some people go, well, of course it was all right, because it was planned. And I was like, what do you think wrestling is and actually if you don't know please come talk to me and i will sell you a condo in arizona and there's always going to be some final like oh my gosh i can't believe it and it did come when sammy guevara was going to do a super kick and he not only <laughs> hit Taconte honestly think he took a head off. There's also a bit before this where Frankie Cazaire was like, you know what? I'm done with both of you. American top team go and beat them up and he was going to leave. But his sense of competition wasn't able to escape him. He got back in the ring. And because we just had all that fracas, Scorpio Sky hit the TKO. One, two, three, done. So finally, all of these people are at the TNT title picture until Scorpio Sky does lose it and let's absolutely go off in opposite directions but I did think this was enjoyable. Again, Paige Van Zandt not held it together, but she was like, oh yeah, we have to see what's going to happen here. So I am going to give it up, but let's draw a line under it and never return. It was then Kyle Riley versus Darby Allen. While this was actually one of the better matches on the pay-per-view, again, did we need it here? You've got to say no. However, the two guys are just so damn talented. Although once again, Darby Allen went for this dive. Take my hand off my face. And it did not go well. I mean, he got, let's go percentages again, about 8% of Kyle O'Reilly, and the rest he just went flying into the floor. Then he went to do it on the other side, but flipping Kyle Riley caught him and gave him a guillotine. I worry about Darby Allen. And even if he ever heard that, he'd be like, I don't care. I know what I'm doing. He's right. It was like, just a bunch of moves, but they were all very, very well executed. And the only reason I have to rush through it is because, again, we still have so much more to do. Although I was shocked by the end here. Kyle O'Reilly took his leg, and he kicked him, and he kicked him, and he kicked him, and he kicked him. He then gave him a knee to the back of the top rope. And he pinned Darby Allin. I was like, wow. So clearly we do have something big planned for the Undisputed Elite because they were killing it on this evening. It does get up, But once again, could we have saved this with Dynamite? Yes. And then Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb tore it up. I told you it was going to happen. It was, of course, the AEW Women's Championship. And honestly, if anybody needed a billboard or a reminder about the fact that Rosa and Deeb are terrific professional wrestlers, It was all wrestling at the start before Rosa got some revenge because she did hit Serena Deeb with that drop-down punch that Dustin Rhodes always does. And then when they were fighting on the outside, Deeb grabbed Rosa and threw her into Rita the ring post. And it always amazes me that that's allowed. It's like, well, it's part of the ring, so what do you want me to do? She then decided she was going to break Thunder Rosa's neck. Do you know how she did this? With a neck breaker. This did see Thunder fight back with this excellent northern-like suplex with a bridge, but Serena was like, no, that's not the deal here, so she kind of reversed it into the octopus old, and then somehow she was back working on the neck again. It was like a magic trick. This then turned into a stretch muscler, but Rosa was able to fight out of that by just smashing Serena's knee into the ring canvas over and over again, and then they ran at each other and they took each other out with clotheslines. This was good. There was then a fire Thunder Driver for a near fall, and there was a figure four, and my word, when Serena hit the deep tocks, that was a crazy false finish, because Thunder Rosa only got her foot on the ropes at the last second. But just to give you a long story short, Thunder Rosa hit a second fire Thunder Driver. She retained her championship. This is getting an up. Another one of those. Could this be the best match of the night? It is in the conversation. Justin Roberts then just got on a microphone and said, well, Shib is about to hit the fan. Time for anarchy in the arena. Now this was stadium stampede in all but name, but here's what I want you to do. Watch the rest of ups and downs, because I appreciate it. And make sure you find time for this. Because it was crazy, it was nuts, it was violent, it was bloody, it was brutal. But it was also superbly entertaining. And all 10 guys deserve a round of applause. Now, I don't even know how to describe this one to you, other than letting you know... Wild Thing kept playing out of the speakers for ages, even when they were beating each other up. And it only stopped when Chris Jericho found the soundboard and destroyed it. Now, technically, I don't think how it works, but he got a tremendous amount of heat for this. And beforehand, he had tried to escape on a shooter. But then you 180 this with the fact that around about 12 seconds, Matt Menard was bleeding and John Moxley was like, hey, I've got a fork. I mean, This was all over the place. Jake Gar was then going through tables. Mustard was being used as a weapon. Daniel Garcia was doing pile drivers on the symbol of the steel steps. I mean there was just blood everywhere, including when Brian Danielson got hit with the ring bell and Jericho got hit with a cooler. Yeah, that'll do it. There was then low blows of walls of Jericho on a table that broke under the weight of it, chairs, ladders. And John Moxley removing the top rope and going, oh man, I'm going to use this as artillery. I mean, every time you thought they peaked, they found another insane way to race the bar, including Eddie Kingston deciding that he was the brand new protagonist of Grand Theft Auto because he came out from the back with some gasoline and he had decided he was going to kill... Chris Jericho, because he did indeed pour it over Jericho, but because Christopher was fighting with Brian Danielson at the time, and some of this gasoline went on him, he got in Eddie's face like, "Dude, don't like that match." Because yeah, fine, he'll die, but so will I. And as these two have already fallen out a little bit, they died. The JAS were all over this though, including throwing mocks into a barbed wire board. And there was this tremendous near fall after Jericho had hit Danielson with a turnbuckle. And then Danielson had come back with a flying leap into the chair on Chris's face, but he also kicked out. But this is when things got really surprising because Jericho locked in the walls when Jake Hagar got the rope and he was strangling Brian Danielson. So once again, that's attempted murder number two. So Danielson may be the best wrestler in the world, but he's also human and he did pass out because oxygen wasn't getting to his lungs. In the Jericho Appreciation Society and won. So this is just 20 minutes of absolute carnage, and I haven't actually mentioned everybody's names here, but out of respect, I'm going to. So Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, Matt Mayard, Angelo Parker, Jake Hagar, Daniel Garcia, you just deserve all the plaudits in the world. I cannot believe this was an actual thing I saw on an actual wrestling show. So it does not just get an up it gets a golden up. I mean, it was truly wonderful. But also terrifying. We then had angles because, of course, we needed more information, including Rouge turning up in Andrade's office, then being like, oh my gosh, let's be a tag team again. And Dante Martin interrupted American Top Team and said, hey, I want a shot at that there TNT Championship. So it's 49 in AEW and 129 overall. I believe they're going to do that on dynamite. The three-way tag team match was up next, and if you watched my prediction show, no, I couldn't have got this more wrong. Because not only did the Jurassic Express win, but Christian did not turn heel. In fact, without him, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy probably would have lost. This was so good though, because these six guys are smashing it right now, and because time massively is against us. Once again, Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse, Will Hobbs. The Jurassic Express, all they did here was go, well, you do a move, I'll do a move, and then you do a move, and I'll do a move, and then you come in and do a big move, then we'll have strength, 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 we'll come in and do a quick, 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 agile, 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 and it's just awesome. It really was. Especially because they were coming after the anarchy, they could not have done a better job. You knew at one point that Luchasaurus, Lee, and Hobbs were all going to face off, and I'm pleased we did do this because I sat there and just started shouting, oh my gosh, it's big men slapping man meat time. Although that ended with Keith Lee doing a damn tope, so like, he is just absolutely insane. There was then yet more shenanigans here, especially from Ricky Starks, who was using the ropes and trying to use the FTW title, but Christian made sure he stopped to that. And because that was like an abrupt part of proceedings, that's when the Jurassic Express were able to hit the Thor Eric Express, whatever the hell their finishing move is called, they pinned him, they retained their titles. I didn't see that coming. I do want to apologise. I have not given it the time or the praise that it does deserve. But once again, that was the issue here. Because it was just match, 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 match. Which did indeed bring us to our main event. Now, it has been a while since I've gone, man, I actually don't know which direction we're going to go in. But no matter which direction we do choose, it's probably going to be good. CM Punk vs Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title crowd was properly divided and so loud throughout all this as well so you gotta figure that Tony Khan and other AEW power brokers are super happy about this because clearly it was designed this way and it started at the first second and it continued until Punk had won Whoops, there it is. Spoiler. The commentator's also made very sure to keep going with that old CM Punk. We've seen in the past that he can be a bit of an asshole. But when it comes to Hangman Adam Page, we don't think he's got that in him. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That gonna tie in. It was just really good wrestling from there, so I'll get to the bit you do want to talk about. All where CM Punk was doing Hangman Adam Page moves, and Hangman Adam Page was doing CM Punk's moves. And yes, when Punk went for the Buckshot Lariat, he fell down. And people on the internet go, oh my gosh. It's such a botch. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's not his move. So it stands to reason that if he was going to go for it and he hadn't perfected it, he may fall down. I know this wasn't intentional, but I always think that these things are the best. Cowboy responded with a dead eye for a near two, and also a GTS. But come on, it was never going to end that way. Then he went damn crazy because they were fighting on the outside. And he got his belt, He's all like, Punk, you're never going to win this. Get out of my face, I hate you. I was like, he hasn't read the script. It's then time to go for yet more shenanigans, which I didn't see coming, because Punk was ready to hit the GTS. But as he was spinning Paige around, we accidentally clonked the referee in the head. So now there was no one to count a pin. Almost instantly, though, Paige went and got the AEW World title and was like, I am going to use this to smash CM Punk right on the face and Punk was on the floor like no please don't do it I don't want metal gold put into my jaw and at the last second Hangman Adam Page changed his mind because again he's a good guy and this is something Punk would do. Instead he was going to use the Buckshot Lariat but it didn't work Punk was able to reverse it he hit the GTS and that's right he is now the brand new AEW world champion. Do you know why this is great though? Because now we do know that Hangman Adam Page is a good guy, or at least he won the moral victory. However, if one day Punk does reveal his so-called true colors, Hangman's gonna be like, man, why didn't I take out Darth Vader when I have the chance? Damn it, I'm now really anxious. Or at least I do hope we do an idea like that because it's so damn layered like an onion. We had a big celebration after two and CM Punk looked genuinely happy. And I did sit there and go, I can't believe this. One year ago, CM Punk didn't even exist within the wrestling sphere. And now he is the damn champ. I can't wait what we're gonna do with this. It's so going to get an up. It was a fantastic match. I'm also gonna go, a few seconds ago, why did I eat an onion? Which indeed brought us to the end of a very long <laughs> double or nothing. And also a very long ups and downs, so I apologize for, but I wanted to get it all in there. Once again, in my very humble opinion, I think less is more and we could have moved some of it to the outside. But it was still a pretty good seven million hours of wrestling. So it's getting it up.